Welcome back to the Secret of a Successful Life series podcast. There are important special memories that take place in our family's lives. In this episode titled, Where He Leads, We Will Follow, we will notice some important special moments in the lives of the family members in the novel. You're home early. Everything go well at the elders' meeting tonight? Sitting down at the kitchen table, David's eyes were almost in a daze. Anna, I've never seen anything like it. Grabbing coffee cups and pouring the hot coffee from the kitchen stove, Anna sat down beside David. Gently holding his hand and looking into his steel-blue eyes, she lovingly said, Sweetheart, Tell me about it. Honey, the other elders told me they greatly enjoy my preaching and everything I do at the church. But unless I agree to start taking some form of pay, they do not feel right in having me shoulder the work at church. David, that sounds like a great compliment. I think they're doing that because they love you. How do you feel about this? Honey, I just feel so overwhelmed. Who am I to take a paycheck from the church? There's nothing wrong with Harry and Clara serving in a paid ministry, but they've been to Bible school. Honey, I barely made it through the eighth grade. Now, David, I don't know how many times you have read the Bible through since we've been married. You and I both know you have a solid understanding of the Scriptures. From what I understand about some preachers these days, you're giving a very good spiritual sermon from God's Word. I'm very pleased with my preacher. Well, of course, you have to say that. You're married to him. Honey, coming home tonight, the thought crossed my mind that this can be a blessing from the Lord. So, unless the Lord causes me to change my mind, I think we should accept this offer. Anna, What do you think about this? I want you to be happy with this. David, you are a good Christian, husband, father, and preacher. I think you need to continue to develop in all those areas as God leads you. I am fully supportive of you in this. Now, if you don't mind me asking, just what are the elders offering you? Anna, They want me to take $100 right now for all my past work and agree to take at least $100 a year from now on. David, there's nothing said that you cannot give that money back to the Lord's work here or use it in some other way. Honey, can I suggest something? Sipping his coffee and reaching into the cookie jar, he pulled out a cookie for Anna and for himself, Okay, go ahead. What's on your mind? You remember your old army buddy that moved out to eastern Colorado and has written you to come out and go deer hunting? I think you and the men in this family should go do that this fall. Now you can afford to do that. Taking another sip of coffee and reaching for more cookies, David looked at Anna with a mischievous grin and said, I like that idea, and someday we need to do that. 
But would you be upset if instead we took a family trip back east to see Harry and Clara and on to Ohio to see your mother and Jim Green? At that, Anna bolted out of her chair and jumped onto David's lap. Placing her arms around his neck, she looked him in the eyes and said, Oh, honey, thank you. I would love that very much. Looking into her green eyes and stroking her pretty red hair, he said, Then, Lord willing, we will do that. While we're still making plans, we've set back quite a sum for a farm payment, if and when that farm across the road comes up for sale. I think that is something we should do. Also, we will need a larger tractor to farm the additional land and free up more time for my responsibilities at home and church. I've been researching the red tractors made in your hometown of Chicago. There's a new model coming out called the M. I think God is leading us to expand our operation in the near future. Also, with the extra money that's coming in, we can give more support to the direct missions we like to help. That work in Poland and in Japan that we've been reading about really excites me. Anna, I just feel like we need to support those works more, especially at this time. Honey, since practically every dime that is sent to those missions actually goes to them, I think that is a good work. You know where my heart for missions leans to? I feel very strongly about supporting that Christian women's and children's home in St. Louis. I really enjoy knowing that we are sending food to those folks every year. Sweetheart, let's give some thought to this, but when we come back from Ohio, why don't we just stop in St. Louis to see that mission firsthand? That's a great idea. When do you think we can go, David? Anna, by late August, the farm work is usually caught up with, and we could go before school starts in September for the children. With nephew Leo to help with the farm chores and my parents, we should be able to leave the farm for about two weeks. In the coming weeks, David, Anna, and the children became more excited about going on that family trip. Late August and early September 1939 would be a rememberable time for many family members. Harry, we got a letter from David and Anna. Come sit down and we'll read it together. Sitting around the table, the adults looked at the letter while Skippy Dog sat between them, hoping that just maybe a cookie crumb would accidentally fall to the floor. The little dog was beginning to look like there had been many cookies fall from the table in recent months. And for that matter, Harry was beginning to look like not all the cookies had fallen to the floor either. Opening the letter... Clara read with growing excitement that David and Anna were planning a trip and wondering if they could stop by for a few days before heading to Chicago and on to Ohio. Squealing with excitement, Clara was overjoyed. Why, yes, they would love to have them come. They would find some areas of interest to show them in the area and have a great time visiting. Clara quickly wrote a reply so Harry could get the note on the evening train. Anna, before we go on our trip, what do you think about you and I going to Linville, Iowa and ordering that new tractor? Well, David, we've prayed and saved for a long time. We have the money all saved up. Let's do it. Getting in the car, the two were like a pair of newlyweds heading off on a new adventure. 
they walked into the tractor dealership and expressed that they wanted to buy a new M tractor. The salesman was a longtime friend who knew how the Bensons had taken good care of their equipment and worked hard to stay out of debt. While the local company did not have any new tractors on hand, the salesman offered an idea. Since you're going on a family trip back to Chicago anyway, how would you like to watch your new tractor be built and then drive it off the assembly line? Jim, could we do that? David, I don't know why not. You and Anna have just paid cash for a new tractor. We want to take good care of customers like you. Just let me know the date you can be at the factory and we will set up everything for you. Then your tractor should be here when you get back. I have to tell you a story. There's a man in our area that's been saving for a new tractor also, but he never got past a feeling of not trusting the banks again. So he came in here one day with a cream can filled with money and paid for a brand new tractor just like you're buying. Either way, it takes a good farmer to save and buy a new tractor in cash. I admire you two for your hard work and all the good things you're doing at the Cedar Grove Church. Jim, thank you for mentioning that idea. We've enjoyed the work you do at the church here in town. We'll figure out the exact day we can be in Chicago and let you know. Leaving the dealership holding hands, Anna told David, we will have to make sure we take the camera for when we drive the tractor off the assembly line. Yes, that will be a great day. I'm glad you thought of that, sweetheart. As the time drew closer for the planned trip, Frank Benson shared a story he had heard at the gas station about a family that went on a trip leaving their oldest son and a nephew to watch the farm while they were gone. Carl Stoner and his cousin Clarence were supposed to do the farm chores while the rest of the family was gone. No sooner had the parents left when Carl took the gas engine off his mother's washing machine and proceeded to make a scooter to ride. The machine worked rather well until the rain turned the dirt roads into mud. Carl had so much fun riding his scooter that he decided that since his folks were gone, how would they know if he rode a scooter in the house? So the two young men had a great time with their friends while Carl's parents were gone. The only problem was Carl's parents came home a couple days early and caught them riding a scooter on the nice wood floors of the house. In order to prevent any kind of problem like that, Walter and Julianne suggested that they would come over and stay at the house on the weekends so Leo would not be tempted to do something like that. Finally, the day arrived for the family to leave on their long-awaited trip. Arriving at Harry and Clara's, they were greeted with a great meal Clara had cooked and Harry's favorite dessert, homemade ice cream. Harry drove the two families in their older car to see various sites of interest in the area. While visiting in the Rockville community, the Benson family could easily see that Harry, Clara, and the children were dearly loved in the community and appreciated by the church. Yet, they were about to see one of the reasons why Harry and Clara were under more stress in this new ministry. While the women go to the dress shop and the kids are at the five and dime store, David, let's go look at the new cars, 
One of the men in our congregation owns a dealership here. Walking into the car business, David looked at the prices for the new cars available. Before the salesman came out to meet them, David softly commented, Harry, I can buy the same model of car for almost $100 cheaper back home. Since the owner is part of the congregation, has he ever offered you a discount? Feeling uncomfortable because the salesman was walking toward them, Harry said, There's never been any mention of a discount. Howdy, men. Reverend, have you finally decided to buy one of these new cars I've been trying to get you to purchase? Richard, I'd like you to meet my brother-in-law, David Benson. He's an elder in our home church and a good farmer. He has an interest in cars and mechanics of all types. Reaching out to shake David's hand, he said, Nice to meet you, Mr. Benson. Richard Baker's my name. We sure think a lot of Harry, Clara, and the children. Yes, Mr. Baker, they are very special to us as well. Like I've just said, I've been trying to get Harry to buy one of those cars to replace that wreck he's been driving. I don't know who pawned that off on him in the first place, but he needs a better car, and I expect to take care of that sometime soon. Mr. Baker, our family's rode in that car this week, and I would be honored to have one like that if I didn't have a car already. So what kind of trade-in would you offer for Harry's car toward a purchase of a new one? Well, Mr. Benson, we really can't offer any trade-in for that old of a car. Why, it's not in that good a shape. Oh, I don't know about that. I got my mechanical training in the Army over in France. I've worked on this car since it was new when Harry and Clara first got it. As a mechanic, I know it's a sound vehicle worth a fair amount for trade-in. With a face that was starting to grow red, Mr. Baker said, Oh, excuse me, but I just remembered I have to return a phone call. It sure was nice to meet you, Mr. Benson. Now, Reverend, we'll be seeing you. Remember... I sure want you to buy your next car from me. After Mr. Baker walked away, David told Harry, I wouldn't buy anything from that jerk if you paid me. David, things are not as easy in a located paid ministry as you might think. Mr. Baker is on my church board. After a few silent seconds, Harry changed the subject to something else. That night, David and Anna shared with each other the great pressure they felt Harry and Clara were under. While there were many fine people in the congregation that loved them, there were also some stinkers like Mr. Baker that make life difficult for them. So that's why they've not rushed out to buy a new car. We know they could easily afford one from what they've saved from their farm income. They are under a great strain with that church board member, expecting them to buy a car from him, even if he's overpriced. I sure wish we could help them out some way. Anna said, David, maybe we can. Let's allow the Lord to guide us in this area and see what he works out beyond our wildest dreams. That is a great idea, sweetheart. Let's be praying about this. After a few days of Greatly enjoying the family and the stories, it was time to head to Chicago to watch the new tractor be built.
Before leaving, David and Anna visited with Harry and Clara about their buying a new tractor and how they planned to buy the farm across the road when it came up for sale in a few months. Harry and Clara then shared that they had been praying about this and wanted to offer free financing for the farm if David and Anna would accept it. Like David and Anna, they had been saving from the farm income and could help with some payments if it was needed. David and Anna could pay back the amount in the coming years when it was convenient. David and Anna expressed that they'd been saving for a long time and had enough money for about half of the farm. They would pray on this and see if God led them to accept the idea. Harry and Clara said it meant so much to them to have good renters like David and Anna, so they wanted to keep them in the area. While they might want to buy a better car sometime, they didn't feel like doing that at this time. David thought to himself about why those two did not want to buy another car, but he chose not to say anything at the time about that. Clara went on to mention that in the coming years, Grandpa Ralph Hunt most likely would retire from farming. As the only grandchild, Clara was set to inherit that farm. So she would like David to take on farming that land in the future also. The large tractor they were buying would work very well for that much land. Saying goodbye to Harry and Clara and the family, the Bensons left for Chicago. Anna wanted to show the children where she grew up and some of the special sites in the city. After enjoying the area, the day came to watch the new tractor be assembled. At the Red Tractor family, the entire Benson family took great interest in watching their new tractor be assembled. When the machine was finished, the foreman told David to get on his new tractor. David said, Sir, we've waited a long time for this day. Please give us a few moments. Bowing his head, David offered a prayer of thanks to God for this new tractor and asked for the Lord's blessing on it and the work that could be done with it. Then he asked a foreman to take a picture with their camera. Mama, you sat up on the tractor seat with Anna Mae on your lap. Oscar, you stand to your mother's left side. And Mary, you stand to Mama's right side. I will stand on the back behind Mama. At that, the foreman snapped a family picture. Starting to get off the tractor, David said, Mama, you stay where you're at. I want you to be the first family member to drive this machine. Sending Oscar with Anna Mae and Mary away from the tractor, David coached Anna on how to start the new tractor. Putting her left foot on the clutch and her right foot on the brake, she pulled the starter lever and the tractor purred to life. All right, Mrs. Benson, put the transmission into low gear. Letting out on the clutch, the new machine surged forward. After driving a few feet, Anna said, All right, Mr. Benson, thank you for the honor of letting me drive this tractor. Now it's your turn. Helping Anna off the tractor, David got on the machine and started to drive it away. After a few feet, he turned to Oscar and told him to drive it if he wanted to. David explained that when Mary and Anna Mae were older, he would teach them to drive the tractor at home. But for now, he would give them both a ride on it. So every member of the Benson family helped to ride or drive the new tractor off the assembly line. That day in late August 1939 would be one the family would remember 
for the rest of their lives. When the tractor was parked in the storage lot, where it would be sent by railroad to Linville, Iowa, the foreman explained that this machine was a top of the line and that the Bensons had made a very good purchase that should help them for many years to come. After the Chicago visit, the family made their way to Cincinnati to see Grandma Helen and Grandpa Jim. While driving to Ohio, Anna heard Oscar and Mary giggling about something in the back seat, so she asked them what was so funny. Oscar said, Mama, what do you think of Daddy's new red tractor? Do you like it? Why, yes, I think it's a good tractor. Does Daddy like it just because it's red? We often hear him tell about how he likes your pretty red hair. Before Anna could reply, little Mary said, Yes, Mama, just suppose Daddy wanted to get one of those green putt-putt tractors like our neighbor Jack Wilson has. In that case, we would have to dye your hair green. At that, the two older children roared in laughter, thinking about what their mother would look like with green hair. Not knowing exactly what to say in response to that joke, Anna was at a loss for words. Kids, let me set the record straight, David said. Yes, you've heard me talk many times about how I really like your mama's pretty red hair. But you have to realize she has the prettiest green eyes too. So I guess either way, I could have gotten a new tractor that reminds me of your mama's beauty, whether it's red or green. Setting the record straight, the two pranksters in the back seat quieted down, and Anna reached over and squeezed David's hand three times, their secret code for silently saying, I love you. When the travelers reached Cincinnati, Ohio, Jim and Helen had made plans to show them the sights that they would enjoy in the area. They went to the Bible school that Jim taught at and the one that Harry and Clara graduated from. They went to the Christian publishing house that printed materials they enjoyed reading, and they also ate some of that special Greek dessert that was available called baklava. Jim, did Harry find out about that Greek dessert when he was out here? I think he would have liked that as much as he enjoys homemade ice cream. You know, that guy is becoming quite a preacher, both in ability and in size. I know that if Anna would learn how to make that dessert, I think I would start to put on more weight. In Harry's defense, Jim said that when Harry and Clara lived in Ohio, they had some very lean times where they had to get by by milking cows and raising their food. Harry had much more physical activity to work off the extra pounds in those days. David commented that while things were easier for Harry and Clara in the new Iowa ministry, there was some source of stress they were feeling, and for Harry, he was always one to find comfort in eating food when upset. While talking about Harry and Clara, David expressed an interest in seeing where they had ministered at in the early years of the Depression. Jim said that they could make a date of travel to Winslow, Ohio, to the Hilltop Church. The next day, the family arrived mid-morning and saw the house where Harry and Clara had lived. So that's a set of buildings that they wrote us about. They had a nice house and a good barn. I really think they were quite happy here, David said. Don't you think they're happy out in Rockville? Jim asked. In some ways, yes, but there's just something that makes me think 
they're a little on edge there. I don't know. David, it always takes some time to get established in a new ministry. I think they'll do well. Let's stop and see Horace Greenberg. He'll be glad to meet you. Driving up to the Greenberg house, Horace gladly greeted the Bensons and said that they had really enjoyed Harry and Clara when they were here. David asked how the church was doing now that the depression was getting better for some people. Horace explained that if Harry and Clara had not worked so hard, the church might have died in those tough years of the depression. The church was now doing quite well. Something was bothering David, and he felt led to pursue the conversation more. While visiting Harry and Clara, he sensed that they wanted to buy a better car, but were in a bind. There was a car dealer in the church that expected them to buy their next car from him. That might not have been so bad, but he was very overpriced and did not offer any kind of discount to Harry and Clara. So they were driving the same car they'd received for a wedding present in 1929. While Harry and Clara would never tell David all this, he perceived what was going on. So David asked Mr. Greenberg, In the lean times of the Depression, how much did you pay Harry and Clara? Hanging his head in shame, Horace said, You know, we got to where we didn't pay them much at all. Why, those two survived by milking that small herd of cows they bought. This church really owes them a great deal. Sensing the opportunity, David said, It is still not too late to make things right for them. Do you know they're still driving the same car they had when they came here? If you folks really wanted to make things right, you could buy them a new car. Maybe you could have them come back to lead a revival and present it to them. Looking Horace in the eye, David said, Mr. Greenberg, that is the right thing to do. Surprised that David was so forward, Anna and her mother both felt that God was leading him to make those comments. That afternoon on the way back to Cincinnati, the Bensons shared about how they were supporting more missionaries in Poland after reading their work in the Christian Restoration Herald. They were so glad that they could help in an important work and know firsthand about the missionaries and what they were doing. The day was August 31st, 1939. The next morning, before David and Anna had come downstairs, Jim was listening to the radio when he loudly spoke up the stairway. David, Anna, come quick. There's something on the news you must hear. Getting dressed, they hurried down the stairs, wondering what had caused Jim to sound so concerned. Before reaching the bottom of the stairs, they could then hear the radio news. They then realized that Germany had just invaded Poland. Another war had just begun. Sitting around the breakfast table, David shared that he was afraid that Hitler was up to no good. Now, what was going to happen to their fellow Christians in Poland? They were so glad they had been able to support the work there. Surely many people had learned about the Lord before this invasion took place. The family gathered in prayer for all the people affected by this tragic news. While the adults didn't want to say it, they knew 
It was just a matter of time before 17-year-old Oscar would be pulled into the American Army. With a sigh, David finally said, Oscar, we don't know how this war will affect our nation, but you may very well have to fight in it. If that happens, don't feel like you have to volunteer to be on the front lines. I was at the front in the last war. I saw some things there that I don't ever want you to face. There are other jobs in the Army that a man can pursue besides being at the front. I made the rank of sergeant after the war was over by just asking to be assigned to the motor pool. Maybe you could do something like that if you have to go. To everyone's surprise, Oscar said, Now, Dad, don't you realize how God used you to help our entire family when you went to war? I've heard you tell about baptizing Uncle Walter in a shell hole. Mama tells how Uncle Walter and Aunt Julianne helped you and her get together. Even Grandpa and Grandma Green met partly because of you and your war service. Dad, if God leads me to war, I will follow him. Son, you just reminded us of how God has blessed his family. We will pray for you and all of our young men, Nephew Leo and the many others we know and love. After a few days, the family headed for St. Louis, where they visited the Christian Women's and Children's Home. It meant so much to see how their mission money was being used. They were greatly impressed and vowed to do even more for the Lord's kingdom. Soon after they arrived home, Harry and Clara wrote a letter sharing that their former ministry in Winslow, Ohio, had invited them to return for a revival meeting. The church had sent train fare so they would not have to drive their car. David looked at Anna and said, You don't suppose they're getting a new car, do you? Why, Mr. Benson, I would not be surprised with the way you really laid it hard on poor Mr. Greenberg that they needed to do that. Well, sweetheart, it just seemed like God was leading me to do that, and I simply followed his leading. A few weeks later, Harry and Clara, with the children, traveled to Ohio. To no one's surprise, a letter soon arrived explaining that their former congregation had just given them a brand new sedan car with an eight-cylinder V-block motor. The car had all the bells and whistles that were available. David looked at Anna and smiled. Yes, God helped this family through the hardest time of their lives. With God's help, they had lived well in difficult times. They had faced the losses from the stock market crash, the struggle of lost jobs, poor crops, and the problems with the growth of liberalism in the local churches. Yet, as the Depression was coming to a close, each family member had done well in many ways. My family really did well in difficult times. With God's help, they would live well in the frightening times to come. Betsy Benson Thank you for joining us for this podcast. 
This chapter concludes the third volume of this series. The next episode will give the background for this volume and also the introduction to the next book in this series titled Living Well in Frightening Times, which will describe the frightening times of the 1940s when World War II raged and threatened our characters and new individuals that will be introduced to this podcast. We invite you to listen to this next novel.